Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 34 of our Road to 2021 mini-series. And as always, you're joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you as always that if you do enjoy these podcasts, please feel free to tell your family and friends about them, take a screenshot, post it to your social media stories. If you are listening on the iTunes podcast app, please feel free to also leave us a rating and potentially write us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website just by Googling the bodybuilding dietitians or looking up www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com, which is a link that you can find in any of the show notes below or our Instagram bios. And like we always say, we don't just coach physique athletes. We do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. So Jack, how was your past week? Cool. So it was an interesting week. Um, it was Christmas for those who didn't know. So Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates that and happy holidays to everyone else who doesn't. But, uh, yeah, to be honest, it was another week of prep for me. Nothing really changed. I had to restructure a few things. But overall, it was a very good week. It was quite eventful as well due to having to do all that restructuring. But it was great to see the family and everything on on Friday. But uh, yeah, it was eventful because one, it was my final week of the training block. So week six out of six. And two, I was commencing a diet break this week on Saturday. So the day after Christmas. So basically what happened is I commenced seven low days back to back from Saturday to Friday. And that was quite interesting. It was definitely quite more difficult, noticeably difficult. So that means my seventh back-to-back low day was on Christmas day, mm-hmm. which, which was interesting. Which is tough, you know, when people are sitting around the table eating a bunch of food, you know, and there's platters of delicious food sitting all over the house and stuff like that, which mm. would you say that this past week was potentially your toughest week of prep so far? Yeah, probably not, not due to hunger. And like the Christmas food didn't literally didn't have any effect on me. Like mm. I was even, I even helped carve the ham. You took a photo of that. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> going ham. <laughs> like if, it, if hunger was an issue, it would have probably stimulated my appetite more and I would have uh, craved something, but it was just a lower energy. And I could feel that during my training, during the walks that we do and I do myself just throughout the day. So that was, and that's probably going to be my main side effect of, of prep, just the lower energy aspect. Mm-hmm. And it creeps up on you, doesn't it? Right. And you really start to notice it like during the walks, I find, especially like mm. you find that usually on days when you used to be quite bouncy, you almost feel like you're almost dragging your feet and your legs just feel heavier. Mm. Even when I'm not doing anything, it's kind of just a perpetual state of low energy, even <laughs> sitting in this. No, not right now because I'm, I'm on my diet break, but <laughs> Like on past Sundays when you've past been... Past Sundays, even just sitting, it's it's like an effort to sit mm-hmm. to, and remain conscious. But yeah, it's um, odd me saying that at like 15 weeks out. So it's only going to get more tough, but that's that's what comes with prep. So Yeah, but at the same time, you've been dieting now for 10 weeks, right? Yeah, like well weeks, over two months. 10 weeks straight of the prep itself and then like an extra seven weeks of my mini cut, mm-hmm. which was... And I only had, I think, a two or three week break there. So yeah, it has been a lot of dieting down from like 94.5 to 
I did it. Had she had an eight, a low of eighty two point one this morning, which was some other news, which is um, a pretty crazy low, and that was probably mostly fluid shifts from doing that extra two high day uh, low days back to back, and um, I guess to spit some numbers. So like last week, I finished up at eighty three point one on average, or eighty three point one eight. And that was a 600 gram loss from the week before. This week I finished up at a, an average of 82.58. And that was again a 600 gram loss. Uh, but as I said, the lowest I got this week was 82.1. And from yesterday, which is, was Saturday, I started my seven back-to-back high days. Mm-hmm. So that's my diet break. And I'm actually also co- coinciding that with a deload. And what I just had to do over, over Christmas was I decided not to train Friday because that was my last low day. I would have had a very average session, mm-hmm. especially with it being legs. Uh, so I decided to train yesterday, Saturday, Boxing Day, and today, um, which is usually a rest day. And I just trained legs and upper, and, and those sessions are great. I had an abundance of carbohydrates, all that kind of stuff. I even hit a load PB on RDLs um, all time. PB, which was 177.5 for two sets of six reps. God darn, you know, so that's well over twice your body weight for RDLs for reps. Yeah, yeah, it's um, exciting. And yeah, fingers crossed, touch wood, I don't feel that lift kind of, I think the risk of injury might increase slightly. Like my upper back is definitely fatiguing, but I still feel strong pulling it. Mm -hmm. Like I feel, I still feel like I have the strength to get it up. Um, and like the goal is to try and keep it safe. So I probably won't like, I could maybe do four plates, the big old 180 if I wanted to, but my priority right now is I'll be happy maintaining like between 170 to 175 for the rest of prep, mainly just to reduce that risk of injury. And it's still bloody tough. And like, I, it would have been a different story if I tried to do eight reps of that, because Mm -hmm. that would have been. Uh, I, I str- it was struggle street last week doing 175 or two by eight. This was a lower, this was probably easier this week purely because I was doing two less reps each set. Um, so just going back to your macros. So the week before, obviously running seven low days in a row, just tell the listeners what was that food, right? And then what are you eating now this week? So the low day macros were 325 carb, 60 fat and 250 protein unique to me like a lot of people will hear that and be like that's what i eat in the off season but one (laughs) i've always eaten a lot of food it's it's proportional to the individual and two my activity is very high so i do about like 13 to 15 thousand steps and i train very hard for two to three hours Mm -hmm. so yeah it's all into it's all proportionate and now for the high day, so fat and protein is staying the same at 60 fat, 250 protein, and carbs are bumped up to 525. So I believe that's about 3,600 calories. Um, yeah, 3,640 calories. And I'll be doing that till this last day will be on Friday. And then after that, I'll commence my new block of dieting, which will basically be the same weekly calories, but I'll be doing four low days and three high days. So three high days at the same macros I'm at now. And that'll basically, for the rest of the rest of prep, that'll just get that backload approach for peak week into full effect. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's going to be very predictable. And yeah, like things are, a lot of the hard work is, is, uh, is done and I'm really satisfied. And I kind of set myself up for a very productive remainder of prep. All I have to do is kind of put the effort in. I know I'm not going to like drastically lose any 
strength as long as things, as long as I stay on top of everything. So as long as sleep is still good, um, nutrition is still good. It's just going to proportionally get a little bit harder to, to match training, but Mm -hmm. I know I can do it. And you know, just the fact that you're maintaining a lot of your lifts, despite obviously losing at quite an, a relatively aggressive weight, right? Like, Mm. you know, you're losing over half a kilogram every single week consistently, Mm. but you've maintained or even increased strength across some lifts. Like that's just a testament to the dieting approach that you're taking and showing that your weight loss is predominantly, if not everything is just coming pretty much from body fat, right? You're at this point, you're not compromising muscle mass. So yeah, good work. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And in terms of training, so like I am deloading uh, throughout the diet break and yeah, I can only, so far I don't have any uh, negatives associated with Mm -hmm. that. Like my deload approach is slightly different now anyway, where I I maintain volume, I reduce the intensity by 10 to 20%. So like I'm still expending very similar amounts of energy because again, this is speculation, but let's say you do a squat at a six out of 10 intensity versus the 10 out of 10 intensity how much how many calories are we talking about there yeah potentially not many Mm -hmm. so that's why i think it's okay from an energy perspective but i still allow myself to recover um and yeah it worked well last time even without the diet break so it'll be interesting to see how the next few days go until this wraps up that's an interesting point that you make to be honest like for example calorie for calorie it might not be that significant at all right mm. but at the same time that doesn't necessarily mean the, well then why don't you just always lift you know lighter weights it's because you're not creating the same stimulus for growth yeah and remember i'm not like for example if i was going to do a deload for a squat i would probably bring it down from 150 to like 135 it's not like i'm bringing it down to 60 kilos yeah so. exactly 135 <laughs> man there's still a hell of a lot of weight on your back yeah um so it's not as like that's that's um that's 10%. So mm-hmm. I might even bring it down to 120 because that yeah. would be 20%. So. And this will just be for mainly compound lifts? Are you going to change any of your isolation movements? I'll, I'll probably mainly just change the compounds by 20% for the lower, for upper probably 10%, and then change the isolation anywhere from 0 to 10% as mm-hmm. need be. And yeah, and I know I'm at maintenance, so I'm not going to it's only going to be positive feedback this week. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, you're already two high carb days in and you're already feeling like a bit of a different mm. man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. To be honest, yesterday I, like I, it was a 180 degree spin. I felt much better today. I feel about the same as yesterday. So we'll see how, um, we're Tara and I are thinking how long will it take before I'm ready to get back to dieting? <laughs> so far, I've, I've got my bet on four days. <laughs> yeah, so I'm at day two right now. I'm actually hungrier today than I was yesterday, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, we'll see how long. I'm, yeah. may, I'm hoping that I do get to that point where I'm keen to get back to dieting. I don't mm-hmm. want to finish the diet break wishing, oh, I wish I had another week of this. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Probably the last thing I'll mention is in regards to training. So my new block of training, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm not going to be changing much at all. And considering I'm maintaining or going up in pretty much everything, especially like things like arms, even I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that I'm still able to go up in arms, which is definitely different to my last comp prep where I remember I lost a decent amount of strength. I remember doing curls with the barbell 
last prep and that was struggle that was a big struggle with the 20 kilogram barbell yeah it dude, was in, i can do that it was in one of my peak weeks i remember doing and i was just so fatigued and i was trying to curl <laughs> it and i got like eight reps and then yeah but that was that's obviously like that uh, we're leaving that back in 2018 <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen <laughs> i don't even do a lot of barbell or dumbbell um, arm related stuff anymore because it's really hard to progress for me mm-hmm. and I think I got to 60 kilo barbell curls and I'm like, I'm just flinging this weight around. I, yeah. I prefer cable and machine stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have a bias towards that in uh, in arm training. But um, anyway, I got distracted. So I will be changing squats from barbell back squat to Smith machine squats. Interested to see how that goes. I've never really pursued Smith machine squats in any great depth. And the second one will be a barbell seated overhead press to a Smith machine seated overhead press. So basically the goal is to create more stability through the Smith machine. And yeah, because at the moment, the the stability is just becoming the limiting factor, even while wearing a belt during squats. And yeah, my, I'm basically wanting to dump the weight with every single rep. And I could, yeah, it's just not that fun. And we know I could probably maintain it for another block or even the rest of prep but i think i'm going to get a better stimulus and reduce the risk of any back injuries um from switching to the smith machine yeah exactly you know it's all about that trade-off and at the end of the day you really are just trying to put that stimulus on your quads more mm. than anything else quads right and adductors yeah yeah so uh, speaking of you know belted exercises you actually discovered something new yesterday with the leg press yeah, so basically the, the hack squat was broken, which I was meant to do, and I decided to do leg press. And usually I do something new as I've started doing uh, using a belt on the hack squat, and that was kind of just random. I did that once because my back was hurting a bit, so I chucked on the belt just because like, of a placebo sort of thing, and I got a lot of benefit out of that. So I kept using the belt throughout prep. And the other thing is, yeah, yesterday I basically did the same thing on the leg press, and probably the perception of effort or the intent, the RPE scale went down by like probably two or three. Mm. So it was a lot, it was much easier to get an adequate depth and range of motion without, because usually if I go past a certain point, like if my goal is always for my thighs to touch my stomach. And like, usually if I try and go there, sometimes like I just won't come back up or it'll be a sloppy rep or like my eyes will want to pop basically. Gotcha. Um, I've been there, boy, always bloodshot. <laughs> and yeah, this, I was able to generate so much more stability and like intra-abdominal pressure from the belt. And yeah, there was no negatives in, in my opinion to using that. Sure, if I, using it for beginner trainees or using it all the time throughout the off season, I don't see that as necessary because in the off season you have enough stability uh, through through body weight and through proportions, but at this point, I'm going to be doing anything I can to generate some extra reinforcement for those lifts. Exactly, and it's not like you've got two plates on the leg press; you've got like 18 plates or something. So, mm. yeah, not each side though. Not each side, but 18 plates total. You know, like you're pushing some decent weight there. So. Yeah, uh, that's probably the yeah that's the most I've ever leg pressed as well because I did it as my primary quad movement. I've never done leg press as that before. So yeah, I was able to, I, I took a leap and decided to put chuck a bit more weight on. 
Man, that's awesome. You know, and I'd love to hear some listeners feedback, right? Like has anyone else ever tried leg pressing with a belt or, you know, mm-hmm. if we've got any physios or ex physios that listen to this podcast, if you guys could give us your opinion, you know, on lifting on leg pressing with a belt, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I think, uh, when I, a lot of people who use a belt for the first time, I don't think they know how to use it or they don't use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like when you first used a belt, have you used one seriously or how did it feel for you? Yeah. So the thing is, I actually got a really nice belt from Amelia Rose last year and I tried using that during my RDLs. But the thing is, is that my waist was so small that it didn't fe- feel very tight at mm. all. So it kind of just felt like I was wearing a belt, but it wasn't doing much. Uh, I know that if I want to pursue lifting with a belt, then I definitely have to tighten it. So there's no gaps around my waist mm. or my back, but I just personally feel like right now I'm not at the point in my lifting where like I necessarily require a belt per se, but I definitely would be interested in actually trying it out on the leg press right? Like I don't do squats. I, I do lunges as my primary quad movement and I do leg press as well. And the only other hip hinges I do are RDLs. I don't feel like I necessarily need a belt for that. And also I do hip thrusts. I'm not wearing a belt for my hip thrusts, but I would be really interested to actually see how it feels when I'm on a leg press. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth a shot. The trick. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I'm an ex-phys and can tell you all the inc- mm. intricacies about using a belt and, and exactly what it does. But anecdotally, it felt good for you yesterday and you yeah. got performance benefits, mm. right? I just, I, I just know it's important to, you should be able to brace without a belt before you then start using a belt. So mm-hmm. you should be able to breathe in and, and I don't know if, if the Valsalva maneuver is the correct terminology there, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe an ex can enlighten us a bit more. Yeah. But yeah, that's everything from me. Looking forward to re- uh, the rest of this diet break, of course. Yeah, currently front-loading a lot of my carbs at breakfast, which mm-hmm. is very nice. Yeah, those bowls of oats are pushing their limits. Like, they are yeah. almost overflowing that bowl. <laughs> yeah, I got a solid over 200 carb in there. And that kind of sets me up well for the day. Mm-hmm. I've Because usually I would add some carbs into dinner on the high days. But I found now just having a pure veg and meat meal and then having ve- uh, the carbohydrates at every other meal is, mm-hmm. is working well. Because I don't... It's interesting. I just, even from getting used to that veg meal now, I don't like going to bed on, on a more fuller stomach. Yeah. I'm the exact same, just psychologically, like I can just eat dinner and then I'm not hungry after that. Right. And I just do find personally as well that my energy levels are so much better too. When I front load Mm. a lot more of my carbs. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, um, well, what did you say again? Like how many days are you predicting until you're like, man, pretty keen to get in a deficit again. (laughs) Well, based on how I feel now, I'm going to say the second last day, which right. is the Thursday. Cool. All right. Yeah. So is that five or six total days? That's six days. Nice. Sweet. Well, good amount of time, you know, and uh, yeah, it definitely should be a really good week for you. Awesome. Yeah. Keen to take some photos, compare the, the difference as mm-hmm. well. You will be full as a house. <laughs> yes. With <laughs> Anyway, what have, how has your week been? This week, yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Honestly, I feel like a lot's happened this week. Definitely the highlight of my week is that my brand new car arrived, which was a total surprise. So freaking happy. So you guys might have remembered from like quite a few episodes ago, 
I actually mentioned that I was getting a new car and I actually paid a deposit for this car back in September of this year. So about three months ago now, over three months ago now. And the thing is the car was in very high demand and it actually wasn't expected to arrive until next year in April. But due to COVID and you know a lot of people's financial circumstances, people who were ahead of me on the list who had inquired for the car, unfortunately just weren't able to proceed with paying for their own car. So I got bumped up the list and uh, voila, I actually got it before Christmas. So I did put out a thing. I was like, who can actually guess what type of car I'm gonna get? Actually quite a few people did message me with their guesses and one girl did get it right. So I did get a 2020 Suzuki Jimny and it is the color blue and it's a four wheel drive and I'm just so freaking in love, man. I love it so much. And the reason why I love it so much is because it's literally my dream car because it's a four wheel drive, but it's also fuel efficient. and. The thing is, I actually used to own a Jeep. A Jeep Wrangler Sport was actually my very first car. And I bought that actually back when I had my L's. I got my L's like back in 2013. Anyway, I had a Jeep for a few years, but thing about Jeeps is that they're amazing, but like every time you turn on the ignition and you start the car, you almost want to cry because like it's using so much fuel. Like this Jeep had a four liter engine. It would Mm -hmm. just, you know, just burn through fuel. And I was like, man, I'm a student. I can't pay for all this just to drive down the block. Right. Anyway, I loved that car, but once I went to uni and I sold it to get money to move into a share house and, you know, I traded it for a bike. I didn't need a car during uni. Traded it for other experiences. Yes, exactly right. But I always wanted another car like that. And Jack and I, when we walked World's Gym Brisbane every single day, we actually passed by all of these car dealerships. And quite a few months ago, we saw the Jimny out there, right? And I just looked at Jack and I'm like, oh my God, like, that is my car. Like that is the car for me. So inquired about it and yeah, pretty much paid a deposit and I committed to buying it. So Mm. I freaking love it. I love it so much. I just feel like it's so me and I, I know I'm going to have it for decades to come and it's really just perfect for you and I and our two border collies in the back and we can hit the gym and we can hit the beach and it's really the new TBD mobile. And Again, what I love about it is it literally is like a fuel efficient Jeep compared to a normal Jeep, which is a four liter engine. This is only a 1.5 liter engine. So it's way more fuel efficient, which is obviously wonderful for the environment and wonderful for your bank account too, right? Mm. So yeah, I'm super duper happy. I love it so much. And I actually even got personalized license plates for it that actually say TBD and looking at me in the past, that's one of the last things I would ever do. I used to always look at people with personalized plates and I'm like, man, why would you waste your money? You know, because I thought that personalized plates cost like $4,000 or something. They cost more than some cars cost. Right. And I was like, man, I would never spend four grand on some personalized plates. But the thing is only specific plates actually cost $4,000, right? Like the less letters that you have, apparently the more prestigious it is. So the more it costs, which is totally backwards, right? Cause they've got to go to less effort to actually you know, manufacture it. <laughs> anyway, I was actually, yeah, you sure, you know, that's not how it works. I don't know. Anyway, I just know that 
the apparently less is more in that sense. But anyway, I was actually able to get my plates because they only, they have two lines on them and then it says TBD in the middle. And then I got it like separated by these two little diamonds, I would mm. call them. It was only $495, right? And I'm like, that's not bad, you know? And I can claim some of that back on tax because I'll be claiming some of the car back on tax for our business. But I was like, 495, come on, for personalized TBD plates, I'm willing to pay for that. So yeah, I, uh, you know, <laughs> went for that, but I, I just love the car so freaking much. And I'm really excited to drive up to Gimpy next week in it and, uh, get our new border collie Boston. And then we'll have Sam and Boston both in the car. And, um, it's gonna be really fun to go to the beach for the first time, you know, in the, in the coming weeks. So really looking forward to it. So yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights of my week. Um, in my new car. But other than that, I guess, you know, back to prep, body composition wise, all that jazz. So I have been dieting now for 13 weeks and I am currently eight weeks out from my first show, which is the IFBB Queensland state titles on the 21st of February. Now the past few weeks have been pretty damn solid with weight loss, right? Like Two weeks ago, I was weighing in at 63.4. Last week, I hit a new low of 63 flat. This week, man, I was so adamant I was gonna break into those 62s. Like every morning, you know, I'd wake up, you know, my stomach felt really tight, like the smallest my waist has ever been this entire week. You know, I'm like, yes, let's go. Come on, step on the scale, 62, got this, right? Scale was not playing ball this week whatsoever, despite feeling the hungriest I ever have all prep feeling lower energy, and also just feeling like a smaller human being too, right? Despite hitting that 63 flat last last Sunday, right? This week it was just bouncing around like 63.1, 63 63.2, 63 flat. Like it would not break those into those freaking 62s. And so, you know, my weight's obviously plateaued, which kind of sucks, right? But you just do what you gotta do. So have decided to do another macro drop. So I am bringing my lower carbohydrate days down from 200 grams of carbs down to 175 grams of carbs. And I'm keeping fats at 35 grams and keeping protein at 160 grams. And I just run that from Saturday until Wednesday. And then two high carb days on Thursday, Friday at 325 grams of carbs, 35 fat, 160 protein. So hopefully, you know, that does push me in the right direction, right? Because God damn, it's just like physiologically impossible with the amount of exercise that I'm doing, the amount of energy I'm burning with like now sub 1700 calories on those days. There's no freaking way I'm not in a deficit. But like I know from past experience, especially from my last comp prep, especially around this time, this is really when just the stupid, annoying fluid shifts start to kick in, right? And my body obviously gets stressed out from dieting and sometimes scale weight, it just fluctuates like a little, yeah. And <laughs> looking at it from the outside, I think one major difference between you and me with our weight loss, like you've always kind of been teetering on the edge of enough weight loss per week, whereas I have kind of been like a lot of weight loss mm -hmm. each week and like your, what would you say your average steps was during the off season? Uh, probably around similar to what they are now, just because I love to walk. So they're yes. anywhere between, depending on the day, it ranges between 15,000 to 20,000 steps. Yeah. And that's kind of what my point is. Mm -hmm. Um, my, as we, like I had some days in the off season, this is, wasn't necessarily good. It was during COVID, but 
it was like 3,000 a day. Yeah, dude, and, that, no offense, that's lazy. <laughs> and it probably got up to an average before my mini cut of probably eight to 10,000, mm-hmm. and which I would say is more normal. And basically that's increased now to like 13 to 15. Mm. So it's gone from a minimum of eight to 13. So that's 5,000. Yeah. So that, I think that has helped me a lot stay on track. And I've, I've had that little bit of leeway saying like, oh, if I, if I don't lose enough this week, I can just bump up steps mm. somewhat because I have that luxury. Whereas unfortunately for you, it's been, you haven't really increased your output at all. You've yeah. only relied on, on calories to, to make the deficit happen. Yeah, exactly. But I knew that from the very start, you know, like walking's just part of my lifestyle and I, I love it. You know, I don't, I wouldn't genuinely wouldn't be very happy if I was like, okay, I'm purposely going to be sedentary and sit at the house for half an hour this morning and listen to a podcast rather than go for a nice walk in the sun. Like it just makes me feel good. And have you thought about implementing more scheduled cardio now? Mm, Not at the moment. No, I'd rather honestly just take it from food because I know that obviously output is high through steps, output's high through training and food I can just control the most, right? And I'm fine. Like I know that I still have room to push and definitely 175 carb. Again, relative to me, that is really me pushing, right? The lowest I got last prep was 150 grams of carbs and my body was just stressed as shiz on that, which again, it's all relative. 150 grams of carbs for some people, that might be a decent amount of food, but relative to my body, man, that's got me in a crazy ass deficit, you know? But uh, anyway, yeah, pushing more this week and God darn, like I have to break into those 62s. I know it's just like maybe even tomorrow morning, you know, it's, it has to happen. There's no possible way that it can't, but anyway, just doing what I got to do, pushing a little bit harder. Don't mind. And again, that 25 gram carb drop, it's pretty easy. Once you work it out on my fitness pal and you just take five grams of carbs away here, five grams of carbs away there, right? You can still eat a very similar amount of food, right? It's just a little bit a few less bites and you don't even notice like if you make a bowl of oatmeal and it has 90 grams of oats rather than 100 grams of oats but like you still add water do you really notice visually not really right you kind of just know the numbers if in your head and on my fitness pal so yeah that should be fine pushing again this week so looking forward to that but eight weeks to go you know eight weeks to go i'm in a really good mindset so i'm fine to push right yeah, if you're ready to do it, get it done. Yeah. And you've got to, like it's TikTok at this stage for you because mm-hmm. IFBB is creeping up. Yeah, absolutely. So really dieting against the deadline. But yeah, I am feeling good. And again, just for that reassurance as well, because around this time last year, obviously I was taking a lot of progress photos and I'm comparing them to what I look like now. And despite last year around this time, I was like 61 and a half kilograms, 62 kilograms. I look so much better now. I look so much leaner now. I have more musculature on me. Like my skin folds are lower now. So yeah, and I know last time I made it, right? Like I made it despite actually being having more body fat on me at this point last year in prep. So I know that as long as I keep pushing, as long as I follow the plan, right? I'm very content with the fact that I know I'm going to make it to stage in the best shape of my life so far. So yeah, I am feeling good and confident about that. And again, it's just goes to show guys, take as many progress photos as you can during your journey. If you are changing your body composition every single year. Yeah, Mm, I agree. 
Yeah, so that's pretty much me from food. In terms of training, again, even this week, I got more lifetime PBs on my training, which just felt amazing. Just lower body, man, those Bulgarians, right? And those like Smith Machine lunges. Like I'm just finding the mental grit, despite obviously dieting now for over three months, to just push for one extra freaking rep on top of the week before. So like my Bulgarians, I lifted 32 kilogram dumbbells this past week for three by nine. The week before was the first time I'd ever lifted 32 kilograms. I did three by eight. This past week for my Smith machine lunges with 65 kilograms on the bar, I got three by 12. And the weeks before I got like three by 11, three by 10. So I'm just finding that mental grit to really freaking push. And that's not to say that, you know, in the weeks prior, I haven't been pushing it because I feel like every time I'm literally at that like one rep in reserve. But yeah, just really finding something there deep down and really making myself, you know, train really freaking hard. So yeah, uh, feeling good in the training department still. And that's the thing as well, like despite my body composition and the scale weight, like at 63 kilograms, again, I wake up every single morning and I'm like, God damn, I feel like I'm 62 and a half, you know? Like, it's almost like I don't even wanna believe the scale because I'm like, I know that I look better than yesterday and the day before. <laughs> so it is obviously frustrating with that number, but. I always, it's normal, you wake up a little bit dehydrated, you're. No, my but I'm, comparing my, I'm well. comparing my dehydration to the previous morning's dehydration, right? Mm. Like, I'm just saying, like, I know that I look better right now at eight weeks out compared to last year when I was eight weeks out. And last year I made it to stage in good condition. And this year I'm gonna make it to stage again in way better condition. So yeah, it's all a matter of time, eight weeks to go. So let's just fricking do it. And yeah, I'm determined as all hell. But one last thing, today I actually almost got caught in New South Wales. So today I actually drove down the coast to meet one of my clients, Eliza. So Eliza, she's from New South Wales and it's crazy, man. Like I feel like I already know my clients, even though I've never met a lot of them in the flesh before. I feel like I already know them because, you know, we call every single week. We do video chats over FaceTime or Skype or just video calls. And I feel like I know these people, but then you have to remind yourself, you're like, you've never actually met them in real life. You've really only ever seen their face over a screen. But anyway, it's always really, really special when you get to meet a client for the first time in person. So Eliza, she is up here from New South Wales and she is holidaying. But anyway, she's staying in Kira Beach, which is like right on the Queensland, New South Wales border. I got in my car this morning, you know, put on the navigation to get to Kira Beach. And gosh darn, the freaking GPS, right, took me on this road, probably rightfully so, it was the most direct route. But I knew something was fishy when I saw this sign that said, welcome to New South Wales. And I'm like, what the flips? Why am I New South Wales, right? Like I'm trying to go to the Gold Coast, which is in Queensland. But anyway, the, the road was just an exit that was gonna come right back up to Kiara Beach, which is very, very close to the border. But 
essentially, right, they're having a COVID outbreak down in Sydney. So now they have border patrol that anyone entering into Queensland through the border, right, they have to have a border pass. And there's police there that are checking these border passes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into, right? Like I didn't even leave my car and I was just trying to drive right back into Queensland, right across the New South Wales border. So I got stuck in like this standstill traffic and I finally got up to the police tent right and this the policeman's looking at me and he's like kind of like trying to initiate like where's your border pass (laughs) and like I rolled down my window and I'm like I'm so sorry you know like I my GPS took me on the wrong route and I only just crossed the border now I'm trying to get back I'm from Queensland like here's my driver's license and he was really really nice and pretty much he was just like just take the left lane darling right and he like as i was rolling up my window he like looked over his shoulder and he's like are you from canada and i'm like yes i am <laughs> and i feel like sometimes that always gets me out of situations whenever i'm in a situation where i'm like lost right i just you know speak in my normal voice but i come across as that like innocent Canadian that's just like lost in the Australian wilderness, right? (laughs) So I guess maybe I came across to him that I was just very innocent and I'm some Canadian lost. I don't know the difference between Queensland and New South Wales and somehow I found myself lost on the other side of the border. I even used to do that with bus drivers, you know, like you get on a bus that says across the top of the bus, it's like city bus. But because I've had bad experiences hopping on wrong buses and going wrong routes, I always ask the bus driver like the most obvious question like, hi, uh, is this going to the city? And like, because of my voice, they always think I'm international. So they're like, yes, you know, so maybe they don't think I know what the city is or where the city is, but it it generally gets people to have some sympathy on me, which is generally pretty nice, you know? (laughs) But luckily I got to see my client and my friend and I did not get stuck in New South Wales last minute at the, like, what the hell, man? Yeah, that thing. Anyway, very grateful because, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen today. I don't know if I'm going to get stuck at border patrol or not. I just want to go to the beach. Yeah, I'm glad you're able to make it to the beach. Yeah, very grateful. Yeah, imagine we wouldn't be recording this podcast right now, man. I'd be I'd be stuck mm. in New South Wales. Yeah, I would be home alone with Sam. Lucky bug. <laughs> but anyway, that was pretty much my week. Just uh, keen to obviously keep pushing, keep following the plan and keep working. So yeah, should be a really solid week ahead. But Jack, final thing we always finish on is one thing we want to improve this week. So what do you want to improve? So I just want to yeah, make the most of this uh, diet break and recover adequately, um, deload well. Quite probably the easiest week of prep so far. I get an abundance of food, the intensity of training decreases. So if I can just end this week with a positive mindset, wanting to get back into the diet, then well, regardless, even if I'm feeling crappy, which I won't, I'm still gonna wanna get back into the diet anyway because mm-hmm. I've got goals to kick. But um, if, if I finish this diet break feeling sick of food, then that would be a more, an even more significant positive outcome. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to just see you know, what you take away from this experience, diet breaking and deloading at the same time, because it's something you've never done before. Because obviously you have another one of these planned mm. in the coming months too. Honestly, if I, I know I'd be miserable if I deloaded without a diet break, because... 
I would be worried about strength loss and muscle loss, like losing weight in a deload, even though I know, like I've done it before in the mini cut and I lost a lot of fullness. I, it was a real struggle to get back into training the next week. So I, I'm going to try and avoid that mm. at all costs. And I guess your deload, it's like, again, you're not lowering intensity by that much and you're not even changing volume. Mm. Like most people have their volume, but because you're already only doing two sets for most compounds and you're keeping mm. your other exercises at three sets, like it's not that different compared to most people's deloads week to mm. your normal training week. And I might even train at a similar intensity during my deload. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So are you even deloading? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it should be definitely interesting to just see, you know, what you take away from this and how you respond. Yeah, totally. Cool. What about you? I think mine's pretty simple, man. Break into those freaking 62s. Like, I don't want to be hitting plateaus and I know those 62s are mine. So just keen for my weight to go whoosh, right? And uh, yeah, hopefully be mid 62s. I should be there already right? I feel like I am. It's just a matter of the scale just reflecting that. Mm. Anyway, that's pretty much what I want to improve this week. Just lose some goddamn weight. Cool. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Next time we tune in, you'll be in the 62s, maybe uh, even the 61s. 61s, baby. Let's bring it on. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you did enjoy it, please remember to take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag Jack, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.